Welcome to the Rise Priestess podcast, a place for women just like you who are in the process of claiming their callings, rising into priestesshood, and building a legacy. This is where values-driven women come to learn how to unleash their gifts and share them unapologetically with the world to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon. I'm an author, yoga teacher, activist, and business mentor. I bridge together feminine-inspired leadership and divine masculine action that quantum leaps you into an expansive experience of life and business. I believe that business is a vehicle for not only living a more purposeful and free life, but for also contributing to social and ecological healing. I live in a coastal town in Portugal and have been channeling my inner priestesshood into various heart-centered businesses since 2016. Back then, I left my life as an archaeologist to play my part in the reawakening of the feminine. Although I now run a successful mission-driven business, it's been quite the journey. I've had to move past imposter syndrome, own my gifts, make friends with money, step into feminine leadership, dismantle toxic conditioning, and learn ethical marketing practices. I'm here to help you on your journey to living life and doing business on your terms. From guest interviews to solo heart riffs to laser coaching sessions, this podcast is here to inspire you to reclaim the feminine, live your dharma, and get paid for being you. So sit back, take a deep breath, sister, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. In this conversation, I speak to Zara Layla, who is a women's coach, and she helps women to return to their bodies and radiant feminine essence. We talk about a lot of things in this conversation. We talk about shame, returning to softness, safety, um, expression of the masculine and feminine. We also talk about mother nature. And it's quite funny because we were both on the first day of our bleeds during this conversation. So when we were recording this, so there's a fair amount of brain fog from both of us, but we, we share this with you unedited so that we can all realize that we don't have to show up in the world perfectly edited and perfectly polished to still have meaningful conversation and to still be contributing. Towards the end of the episode, Zara also guides us through a really beautiful, nourishing heart yoni practice. So I invite you to definitely take some time and space to honor this opportunity to really connect with yourself. And this practice is for anyone who identifies as a woman, regardless of if you menstruate or if you have female reproductive organs. So before we roll to the interview, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by me. (laughs) I'm sponsoring this episode, which is hilarious. Um, But I wanted to take this, this opportunity particularly to share about my Dharma coaching. So I have recently in the past few months brought back my life coaching, my Dharma coaching practice, and I'm now offering in person in Algeciras, where I live in Portugal, and online Dharma coaching sessions one-to-one that really are focused on helping you build your confidence, find more purpose, and find direction in your life. And even though I have over 1,500 hours of coaching experience, I counted the other day, maybe even more actually, my rates are still ethical and they're still fair. But spots are incredibly limited. I only offer two to three dharma coaching spots a week and they get booked up in advance so if you would like to explore working with me um all you have to do is send an inquiry by visiting www.drsarahcoxon.com forward slash dharma coaching or you can click the link in the show notes and just simply fill out the form and if i have availability and i think i can help you then i will get back to you so let's hear the conversation from me and Zara. Hello priestesses, I'm so happy to introduce you to Zara Layla, a woman's coach and someone who deeply inspires me. Zara, welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here and I've been really looking forward to this conversation. I think we've got so much in common and yeah, I just know we're going to go to some really cool places today. So I guess let's just kind of get really stuck in. Um, yeah, tell us about you, your journey and what led you to be doing the work that you're doing in the world today? Yes. Okay. So I could talk a lot. So maybe you're going to have to cut me off at some point, but I'll, I'll try and keep it short. Um, try and keep my story short. Um, so I, like you said, I'm a women's coach. I guide women back home to their bodies and um, their radiant feminine essence and also back to nature and to mother earth so my work really has to do with how can we come home to ourselves and how can we come home to softness within ourselves and a sense of safety within our bodies so I mainly work with women but sometimes with men as well um, and how I came here is it all basically started when I was 17 and suffering from severe mental illness. I had a psychosis and I uh, had to stay in a mental hospital for a couple of weeks. And the reason how I see it now, looking back, that that happened is because I was just living in the head. I was just living from the neck up and super disconnected from my body and from my intuition and um that manifested itself in my brain just literally going crazy like it couldn't handle it anymore and, and and I just felt so bad within myself so bad in my body and I knew my intuition was talking to me and I was in certain situations where um I knew I shouldn't be in that situation but because I was just acting from the head and just thinking about everything I couldn't put myself into safer situations or in better situations and that so led to mental illness and that was kind of really the beginning point for me to start taking better care of myself and to start real like I, I realized that I could not live a life in disconnect from my body and that I had to maybe start paying attention to my feelings and to my intuition so that just kind of slowly started along with therapy um, and I'm so grateful that it happened at such a young age um, because it set me on this whole journey. And so from there, I became a social worker. And then at some point, which is very relevant to my work I do now with women, is that I, somewhere along that journey, and, and kind of like my self-healing journey, I decided to quit birth control. And then I didn't receive my bleed for almost two years. And I was so, um, well, before I, I quit the pill, I was just so excited about experiencing my cycle again experiencing my natural bleed and um just like feeling into how my body would react to that but my bleed would become and so that kind of took me one layer deeper into healing and, and trying to discover like what's going on with my body and what's going on with my womb what's going on with my ovaries and um how can I make sure that I am healthy and that I'm able at some point to have children because I've always known I wanted to have children. So that's kind of like how I went from, so then to social work towards coaching and from coaching more into the women's work and more centered around um, the yoni. And how that looks like now is that I coach women, mainly women, as I said before, one-on-one. -on -one, and I also uh, have a group mentorship and I, teach embodiment classes and different type of workshop workshops of which one important thing I do is um, the yoni practice which maybe we can speak a bit more about later but so everything I just shared was basically how my own journey my personal journey um, led me to where I'm at, where I am here and everything I discovered on the journey was like okay, this is not just my personal journey. This is the collective as well of like from first from mind to heart and then from heart to yoni as I see it now, like from, <laughs> from the heart into the body and into the source of um, feminine wisdom and 
and pleasure and purpose. And yeah, I think we can go into that a little deeper later on. Wow. Wow. I mean, well, thank you for sharing that with us because I, I know that parts of it must feel quite vulnerable, but it, it seems to me listening to that, that there has just been this kind of red thread that has kind of been present throughout your life that has led you to, yeah, be doing the work that you're doing today. I'm curious about the work that you do with the women that you, you work with. Like you've mentioned, I think it's so beautiful. You said like bringing bringing them bringing us all from the, the mind to the heart the heart to the yoni I'm wondering if you can explore and share that a little bit more with us like what are the themes that you tend to work with and how do you work with your women with them I'm super mm. curious yeah so what I kind of discovered for myself was I was carrying so much shame first I was carrying shame about having had a psychosis about um, having been in a mental hospital about you know being being kind of I, I just felt that I was very alone within that and then later on I I carried shame about what was going on with my menstrual cycle and I carried shame around my sexuality my sensuality my femininity and <clears throat> all this I became aware of through sharing with other women and through conversation with other women it's like wait a second, actually, I carry shame. And at the same time, sharing with other women helps me heal that and helps me see that I'm not alone in my experience and makes me feel less crazy. And this whole like, I am crazy is a big one for me, of course, because um, if there's something that people stigmatize as crazy, it's like the stereotype someone with a psychosis, like if you if you would, if you would take it very literally of of imagining a per someone saying, oh, the person has gone mental, has gone uh, crazy. Like the worst extent of that is someone that actually is struggling with, uh, with psychosis or schizophrenia. So um, got a little off track there. But so I, bec because I was feeling so alone, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just crazy. Uh, but then through sharing with other women and through as at some point I started teaching yoga, um, I just became really aware that I was not alone in my experience and that the sharing element and, and um, having guidance along this journey, both through, through women's circles as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching or, or mentoring or something like that was really personally uh, liberating and really made me realize that I, like every other woman or every other person, I could say, have this deeper wisdom inside of me, have this source of radiance, the source of, of purpose, of pleasure, and just kind of like this spark. I felt like the shame was covering the spark that is covering the spark that I feel everyone has. Um, and I was just kind of like discovering how that... Um, could come back to the light and that's an ongoing process so you asked me how that <laughs> I'm just noticing I'm really sidetracking um I, I love your sidetracks because <laughs> there's so much wisdom in it I'm like you keep sidetracking <laughs> um yeah I'm also on my bleed so I'm just kind of like oh, can't really keep track in my head of of like the structure of this podcast we're having going on now <laughs> and, <laughs> which and I see I'm as exactly a beautiful the thing same. yeah so <laughs> we're both just... bleeding <laughs> <laughs> so but you asked me about like kind of what that looks like in my work mm. uh, with clients right um yeah a lot of what I work with or work on has to do with uncovering that shame and seeing like how can we bring all those things that we've been hiding away that we have been ashamed of that we have been repressing and also that are maybe not accepted in our society right there's there's a reason also why why there is a lot of collective shame my job is kind of like in a safe and supported way to guide women back to what is there 
to kind of illuminate to bring those things to the light and to see like how can we hold the, all those things that we carry around how we think about our body how we think about our past how we feel about people receive us in the world how can we create space for all of that in a very compassionate way not in a way like let's bring it to the light so we can let go of it and so we can um just like get rid of it and burn it or whatever but truly to bring more compassion and 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 kind of acceptance and softness to the whole experience of of being being a human and being a woman in our society so Mm. um that for me what's kind of the key elements in in all that I do or at least I try to do is actually an ongoing process of me sharing less and me talking less and more guiding women back to whatever that's already there because everything I'm sharing um I my experience has been that you can experience that from deep within yourself because you carry all that wisdom in your body so it's more my job of how can I give the tools and the resources and the and the support uh, to create that safe space so that women can access that by themselves from themselves Mm. yes I love that and it's a very different type of leadership we've been given this um, in our society we've been given this kind of like a leader is one that has all the answers and gives the answers to people and actually this is a very different approach and a very necessary approach because we do all have the answers within and yeah I think that's I honestly believe that if every person in the world like if just every person in the world had space hold like had a space holder that was able to hold space for them in that way to guide them back to themselves Mm. and their truth and their wisdom and to radically accept themselves during this process we call life like imagine how different the world would be this is why I I believe so much in the uh, you know quote unquote coaching industry whatever you want to call it but I believe so much in this work because Mm. it's it's just vital it's just necessary because we haven't been yes. taught how to listen to ourselves and yes. we've been taught that we're wrong and the the thing that you said about shame I had goosebumps because yeah like shame I know Brené Brown talks about this a lot in well, she's mm. obviously a shame research love her work it's, oh she's amazing yeah. her um <laughs> Her Netflix special, A Call to Courage, is like possibly the best and also the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, I I don't not, know if is that new? Have I not seen that yet? I think it's been on Netflix, <laughs> it's been on Netflix for a, a couple of years, but it, oh my God, okay. she should I be a stand-up comedian. She's amazing. Okay. Yeah, I so, love her so much. Yeah, I mm. love, I really love what you're sharing here. I guess one of the questions I like to ask my guests is, what are the, what do you think are some of the common misconceptions related to women's work and your work specifically? Um, why do you think this might be? And yeah, how do you approach working with your clients instead? Maybe we've touched on this, but I'm curious hmm. about what comes up for you. Yeah, so one thing that came up when you just shared um about how we've you were sharing a bit about that we have been repressed in so many ways and kind of like patriarchy and and like I don't really feel like going into that (laughs) into that angle too much but um what that made me think of is it's it's this work that that I do and that you do as well it's kind of being perceived as it's something extra it's something like non-essential it's something Um, oh my god yes I'm like nodding my head to this yes (laughs) it's yeah I've been I've been super I don't know why but I've been just super fascinated with childbirth and midwifery and uh, pregnancy just like the last couple of weeks I've just been binge watching stuff about like birth stories and things um and it's the same when it comes to like a doula so you have a doula during you you could have as as you're giving labor a, a doula there that's for that's there for the emotional support 
And this is something still not very accepted, I think, in our in our in the in the normal Western society because it's being perceived as oh well, if you have your partner and if you have a midwife and even not sometimes not even a midwife, sometimes just a doctor, um, you have what you need and that's fine. But what happens when women don't get the emotional support? It 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 comes at a cost. And in, in the case of, of pregnancy and child labor, it comes at a cost of, well, what happens if you're not feeling safe in your body at such an important time? It affects your birth and it, it will affect the baby. And it, and that's then the beginning of that baby's rest of their life. So, okay, I'm totally sidetracking again. But I just kind of wanted to bring that up because as I see that the doula is being seen as something non essential when it's actually such a crucial role because that safety part is what affects our bodies our experience as a human and it also affects everyone around us so just to take it back to take it out of the pregnancy setting and into just any woman uh, in society without the emotional support and without receiving the tools and the guidance and feeling like you're you're cared for and you're carried you're you're like held in certain aspects of your life it it leaves um a mark it it causes so much pain and and disconnect and suffering and um yeah i don't know if i'm making much sense here because i'm um absolutely i think that what you're sharing is so crucial this idea that that emotional support and space holding is non-essential but really what we're talking about is is relationship and i find that really fascinating because even with like the more traditional and i'm talking about western traditional like therapist models and like Mm. psychologist models it's kind of frowned upon to build relation like have relationships or it's not frowned upon but it's um it's seen as again non-essential to be cultivating relationship whereas it's almost it's very clinical whereas relationship and building that trust is is part of the healing process just being able to share with your mentor your coach like I'm feeling like this and then saying yeah I felt like that too can be so deeply Mm -hmm. healing exactly and um when when there is that support it it's it's just kind of see like okay well that's just something you do for yourself and maybe even sort of could could be considered uh if you're spent too much time just healing just healing yourself right uh air quotes there um, that it's it's somehow something selfish, but I see it as something deeply healing for us as a collective, as well as mm. the planet, because when as women we're disconnected from our body and we're disconnected from the wisdom that's within our body, it uh, it leaves a lot of damage in nature. It shows up in nature, as you talk about a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And the other way around, right? We can reframe that into a positive into a positive way that when women are supported, when we feel like we have sisterhood and when we uh, are given the tools for this work that that we're talking about today, it has such a ripple effect that benefits everyone and the whole planet. So I guess that's kind of like to to circle it back to your question about the misconception. The misconception is that it's something non-essential that it's kind Mm -hmm. of extra and that's kind of not necessary and that's that's based upon the patriarchy where just the the achievement piece and the productivity pieces are important and just kind of like acting from the head and um getting material accomplishments done is being seen as more important than our well-being and the well-being of our our body and the well-being of our planet so yeah. I guess that's that's one sort of maybe it's not a misconception yeah it could be seen as a misconception but also just kind of like how I I could see that maybe people that are not in the world of of coaching and are not in the world of women's work could see it as and that then just comes from if you're disconnected from the feminine <laughs> mm-hmm. 
it's very hard to understand what we do. And that's just, I don't even blame people that don't understand because that's kind of how we've been conditioned. So yeah, Yeah. I guess there's also a misconception about the feminine in general, what it is and um, Ooh, yeah. let's go here. And this feels <laughs> also very, very juicy. What do you What do you mean by that? <laughs> that oh, there's kind of like different angles we could take this from, but I feel like when people when I share about that, I I this is just my perception, right? I haven't really had much criticism or just kind of like much question marks but this is kind of what comes up for me myself and what I what I sometimes see in 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 my surroundings um that the um I just totally lost it (laughs) having a little blackout what's I saying so we're talking about um the misconceptions around the feminine and uh yeah like what the feminine is even yeah so (laughs) I got it um the feminine is being seen as something that just belongs to women and it could also be seen as something that's actually Mm -hmm. stereotyping of like what a woman is supposed to be like or that a woman is only supposed to be emotional or she is maybe over overly emotional or she is she can't get things done in the world or she you know it's I think sometimes if people don't really understand the yin yang dynamic and the feminine masculine dynamics, it can become a bit confusing of like, what are you talking about? And you're just, you're just um, causing harm by stereotyping what a woman Mm. is supposed to be like. But as you also know, this work we do is not has, has not just to do with how a woman shows up in the world or, or it has actually nothing to do with um, gender roles Mm -hmm. because the feminine has so many different expressions as well and the feminine is also something that is present within men and is is important for everyone to address because not because the feminine is in a way as I see it superior or uh or better than and the masculine is something bad but because we live in a in a western world where the masculine has been overly emphasized so that's why we need that counterbalance of the feminine so Um, yeah it's a it's a spectrum that's the way that I kind of see it and and to be honest I'm I don't know if we had this conversation whether it was you I was having this conversation with but I I find myself now starting to not feel so um the the terms of masculine and feminine don't for me personally don't resonate as much as they used Mm. to probably Mm. because they're quite loaded and instead like turning to yin and yang helps yeah. me remember that it's this this spectrum and um yes yeah it's it's kind of fascinating as well really and yeah I think that yeah it's it's so important to to remember that these qualities these energies these approaches these traits are available to absolutely everyone and I think a lot of um women in particular people who identify as women will can sometimes almost like bastardize the masculine and be go yes. so into their into their feminine quote unquote whatever that means yeah. um, that they that it's kind of like oh I don't want to do that because it's too masculine mm. and it's like what does that even mean it's like there's a there's a huge difference between masculine or yang energy and then patriarchy which is a system of oppression like they're they're very conceptually very very different things so the reason that I've built the business that I have is because I've been able to draw upon this spectrum of energy like if I was just in my feminine yin flow all the time nothing would fucking get done (laughs) yes yeah and that's that's why I prefer to talk about the toxic masculine in relationship mm. to the patriarchy and not the, the masculine because that just brings I may have said this you know I'm also just a human so maybe I've I've definitely probably said that wrong and not wrong but like 
um put too much emphasis on like it's the masculine that's caused all this or like it's an overly masculine it's not the masculine it's a toxic toxic expression I think of both perhaps even both that's something we could (laughs) explore on as well yeah Uh, both feminine maybe it just goes beyond the energetics Mm -hmm. yeah because there's there's I always think of it as levels of consciousness and like masculine yin yang feminine are kind of these blueprints of how consciousness um yeah consciousness expresses itself uh, or energies express themselves and I've always wondered if you know there's a spectrum of masculine consciousness and there are these like lower levels of like domination control and rigidity and then there's these like higher Mm. expressions which are space holding and structure and um that kind of you know action and then the same with even the feminine of like you know there's there's these lower lower frequencies of feminine or yin expression which is like the over emotionality the kind of chaos the the Mm. uh, almost like weakness as it were you know the frailty and Mm. then there's this like the higher levels of expression which are the intuition the the creativity the flow the the responding to what is um so yeah and and all of those traits are available to us and I think what's really interesting as we have to remember, and I, I have to keep telling myself this as well, is like the map isn't the terrain. So we talk exactly. in talk in terms of <laughs> yin and yang and masculine and feminine, but these are just conceptual tools for us to yes. try and understand what's yes. going on. Yes. It doesn't mean that yin and yang energy actually physically exist. Exactly. It's just to try and understand. I think, I think we lose track. I lose track of that sometimes, even Me though too. I speak about that a lot. Like this is just a framework. You don't even have to believe actually that these energies are physically in your body or like it's just a framework. It helps mm-hmm. us understand the world. It helps us make sense of the world. But then we can just like we just use it as a way to categorize and just kind of like structureize the world when actually, like you say, it's a spectrum and we can't like it just part of our brain likes putting things in boxes but we can't really just put the whole world into two categories like it doesn't work oh we try <laughs> like we love our binary reductionism yes. you know it's like oh I'm pro-vax oh I'm anti-vax oh for fuck's sake there's so much yes. nuance and I yes. think that we're seeing th- I think we're really seeing how majority of human beings find nuance and complexity and, and context really difficult to grapple with mm. so it's so it's the same with this work as well um yes I think, yes, I so think it's just a safer bet to just be like I don't know it's probably yeah. the truth is somewhere in the middle and yeah. different depending on who you talk to and yes um but I find yeah. it quite hard to navigate this because in Mm-mm. essence like what I teach it has everything to do with what I call the feminine but I have a deep understanding of what the feminine is and that it just not not just means a woman with two boobs and a vagina, you know, like I yeah. my understanding yeah. of the feminine is is very big. But I also understand that that's not the same for every person. So I kind of have a hard time, like I wouldn't know what other naming to put to the work that I do because it's such a good description. But like, mm. I also don't want to be. um like we just spoke about uh overly put things into either masculine or feminine so yeah I find it quite hard to navigate to be honest but I think even the fact that we have we we question ourselves and we question the role that we have and we we question these kind of things just yeah I think that's a really important part of what it is to be a space holder um and yeah I I think that we're evolving and I would say that my work has really really shifted in the past couple of years to the point now where I used to talk about feminine all the time and now it just doesn't feel in alignment anymore because I Mm realize that my work is is um was just shifting so we just use what we can to call in the people that we do and I think the proof is in the pudding in the sense that you know, if our clients are 
for the most part, because not every client is going to have an amazing time with us. It's just would be, I mean, you guys wouldn't trust me if I told you that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, if, if, if they are experiencing transformation, mm-hmm. then we're, we're doing the work we're here to do and it's exactly. going to evolve. Yeah. Yes. And then the wording you put to that doesn't really matter anymore, which is like, I, I struggle sometimes finding the words for what I do because it's, it's not really, you have to experience it. Yeah. It's just kind of like conceptualizing something that, that happens in emotions and the body and energetics. So there is this one rational part of it, but it's also just one part. And, um, that that's just kind of hard to understand if you come from like the both of us come from an academic background and Mm -hmm. you're just like so deeply wired in in just kind of like the normal way to go about life um then yeah you just kind of want to understand everything from the brain rather than just experiencing it for yourself so yeah that's so true that's so so true um I think that leads me to my next question which is that you you mentioned that part of your work is like bringing women into closer connection with themselves with their bodies but also with mother nature and I'm so curious about that because I don't I don't hear that so much so when I hear that I'm like oh let's talk about it like what does that mean for you why is it so important like how does that materialize and you know are there any I guess as well like are there any limitations that you're finding at the moment with that work? Because I know personally for me, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, I'm struggling with the depth that I can go with this work. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious about what comes up for you. Hmm. So this is actually really what attracted me to your work, this element of caring for the earth and caring for nature. And it's also um like the way I found your work was from me moving here to the forest in Sweden um and just kind of like making a, a a big transition from like being a city girl first and then moving to an island and then now moving back to to Sweden but in the forest and quite off like not really near a city and and just yeah just kind of like in the middle of nowhere um that transition for me went together with I think me finding your work which um when I moved here it just became a lot shifted for me from spending so much time here with the trees with the herbs with the plants with everything um and I kind of became got to experience that I am not separate from nature Mm. I am can you still hear me because Mm -hmm. yeah 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 I'm just gonna assume you can um I feel like before I spent this much time in nature I kind of saw nature as something outside of myself and just that's something I can go into nature but now from being spending so much time in nature I was actually like wait a second I am nature I am a part of this this ecological system and what I do on a micro level affects the plants and the 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 nature around me and so I felt like for me that was just kind of a logical next step to go more into with my work and I I also experienced that if we're just living from the head like I was describing before like I I was uh doing a lot before and sometimes still do let's be honest um but then you don't get to experience that that you're part of that so for me that Mm. journey inwards naturally led me towards the care for nature and and just led me also to feel deep grief over the state of of the environment right now and um like at the same time as here feeling this deep peace in the forest the same time knowing that that's not the case everywhere anymore and mm. um that it's kind of like a privilege that I get to live like this and I get to experience this so um yeah for me it's 
when when you embody more it, it kind of goes both ways so both spending more time in nature and with nature with mother earth helps you to heal on a bodily level but also if you heal on a bodily level and you 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 spend more time with your body with being present with your body and actually being in your body with your awareness it also makes you really feel this deep love for everything around you and get to experience this this sense of oneness and the sense of care for for the planet which I never really got to experience that before so I mm. haven't really actualized that yet the only key I see now is um is herbalism I'm studying herbalism at the moment and that I I just can't wait to use that more as a tool also like one of the things that can guide people back home to themselves and back home to a sense of this planet is my home um yes yeah Oh, I love that. And I, it sounds to me like myself that you're very much in process of that with that and that it was you moving to yeah. the, you know, the forest that really sparked that for you. And it was, it's, it's been exactly the same for me. It's that, you know, I've, I've lived mm. here in a national park in Portugal for like nearly five years now. And, you know, I, I feel like it is a privilege that I can you know this national park it's it's deeply scarred from um a lot of the deforestation but the forest is growing back if we allow it to and just being able to you know have this vast landscape in front of me where I see the seasonality of what's growing and I'm starting to build real relationships mm. with the the plants and I see them as friends and as allies and and you know I will be walking mm. through the landscape and it's full of plants like rock rose and Spanish lavender and uh, mallow and and I'm I, I'm starting to really feel these plants as as kin and I'd never felt that before but you can't experience that when you live in a city or even when you live in a kind of semi-suburban. No. So it's yes. it's almost like the environment informs us as well. Um, and that's why I think it's so important to, to at least sometimes like take ourselves into places in nature and, and immerse ourselves somehow. And I think herbalism is, yeah, herbalism is one route learning about deep ecology is another and um indigenous wisdom mm -hmm. as well and permaculture and all these different avenues and yeah I'm kind of I've been really yeah. um feeling into how how in my own personal work particularly with the the more kind of personal development um you know holistic business mentoring thing I'm really kind of feeling into like well how do I bring in and advocate for the rights of mother earth in those settings so at the moment with my mentor we're we're kind of working together on frameworks so again it's quite conceptual but it's like we're working on frameworks that really start to factor mother earth into all of our decision making um because I think for some people that's probably a, a route in rather than um you know some people who aren't living in a national park or a forest like us it might be best to kind of start yeah. more conceptually but, but it's yeah it's really um yeah I wrote a post about so I can go on about I think I feel like this is me now venting um but, <laughs> but I wrote a I wrote a post about it um a couple of days ago because I was like fuck, I feel so alone with this because I kind of feel like in the coaching industry in general there's like there's a different set of values that is very individualistic that we promote and I'm kind of like oh how can we be so short-sighted so yeah I, I don't think there's any answers but I just wanted to share mm. that <laughs> yeah and I what I love about your work and is how you use nature or not use but how you allow for nature to be your teacher mm. rather than us 
being like, okay, you know, I have this concept in my head and this is what it's supposed to be like, or uh, I'm going to do this like X, Y, Z to help the planet or to like stimulate a more sustainability way of thinking, blah, blah. Um, yes, that's important. And when we actually spend time in nature, we, she gives us all the answers that yes. we're looking for. Um, yes this is this so, is why I'm so pissed with this whole kind of like reducing like so... carbon emissions sorry yeah yeah it's like one it's like one part of it it and it, it is important but we cannot really I, I think we spoke about this before as well um it if you only address it from like okay I can do my uh I can um, do less shopping or like at fast food chains. I can uh, do my recycling. I can do, you know, all these, these tiny and big things. That's mm. if you don't, if you're not in deep connection with nature and with yourself, it can really come from a place of overwhelm and it can come from a place of, of sort of constriction and anxiety around what's going. I think that's actually a thing like sustainability anxiety or ecology anxiety. Not oh, it's sure a- what the wording exactly I think is but definitely like there's a lot of activism burnout <laughs> for sure yes and versus if you spend time in nature and get to receive all the messages and get to receive intuitively uh, get to experience the laws of how the world works and and um what nature needs that's just like you can you can address these problems from a whole other energy that's mm-hmm. not just nurturing for yourself but is is very necessary and nurturing for the the collective like the communities and and nature mm. and, yeah, yes so. no i i love that i love that i i think there's something it's like yeah we have to we have to connect we have to nature is our teacher um exactly and yeah I I mean I'm so blessed to have learned so much over the past few years um and yeah it can feel really really overwhelming but I think it comes back to that sense of presence doesn't it and that's where like our work comes in is like bringing people back into presence with their bodies when you're present when you're deeply present then you can learn the lessons you can feel into the wisdom of the body which is nature and you can also notice oh there's a plant and it's smiling at me you know which is which sounds ridiculous but it's how I experience (laughs) life and it's also how you know I can see the depth to which past indigenous cultures and present indigenous cultures like I can see that there's you know I've I'm only scratching the surface of what they must how they must experience life in in those terms obviously they also experience systemic oppression but but the Mm -hmm. the the inherited wisdom Mm -hmm. it's it's just from deep presence isn't it it's just let's be present and if we were all just more present and felt our bodies and felt each other definitely the world will be a very different place. So yeah, I guess um, I know that you were wanting to share with us a a short practice, which is I think a first on the podcast. Um, So do you, yeah, do you feel called to share with us a a short practice? Can you tell us a bit more about it? And um, yeah, guys, if you're, if you're listening, like, and you're driving, like stop (laughs) and do this when you're not driving. (laughs) maybe (laughs) yes I have a hard time seeing someone actually like being behind the steering wheel closing their eyes because they're like let's meditate now maybe that's the (laughs) that could be an expression of the the overly feminine (laughs) Mm, okay disclaimer (laughs) um This is how we should not talk about uh, feminine masculine dynamics. No. Um, yeah, back to the practice. So <laughs> yeah, this practice that I would like to share with you is um, it's a practice, first of all. It's not so, it's not like a quick fix. And, and that's I think it's important to mention as well. Like so often we want these big 
transformations that happen all of a sudden and like then life is never the same but this this practice i'm gonna guide you through is just a it's just one step it's it's a practice to um to make this journey from the head into the heart and from the heart into the yoni so that you can be become more present within your body um, and this is a practice for people in female bodies for women those who identify as women um and yeah it, it's it's gonna guide you first to a sense of safety because that's really really important in my work um that you feel safe within your surroundings and safe within your body to go a bit deeper because sometimes there can be quite some heavy things stored as well um so the the safety element is really important because without the safety there cannot um healing cannot take place so yeah should i just get started and start yeah guiding? let's get started so go ahead and find yourself a comfortable position so you can choose to sit up or lay down doesn't really matter as long as you're comfortable so maybe you want to pause the audio for a moment to grab a blanket or light a candle, maybe shut the door. And then before you close your eyes, I invite you to take a look around the space that you're in right now. So just looking around at the different shapes and the different colors that you can see, different sources of light. And the shadows. And as you scan the room or the space that you're in, you're going to allow your eyes to stay on one object that catches, that catches your attention. And you're going to name that. And so for me, it's a, a green plant in a hanging pot so you can just name what you see and the colors of the object and then just become really sort of intimate with this thing that you're looking at like looking at it as if you you are a baby and seeing this thing for the first time And then you will allow this thing to be your anchor. And what we've just done is created a sense of safety within our surroundings. So at any point throughout this practice, you can open your eyes again and look at this object you've just identified to bring more of that sense of safety. So if you feel ready, you can close your eyes. And now we're going to bring the attention from the outside, from our surroundings, inwards. And first onto the breath. We're just noticing the breathing right now. And perhaps just by the act of bringing awareness to the breath, you may notice the breath already slowing down. Extend this, so deepening the inhale, sending it deeper into your belly, and elongating the exhale. And then making the next inhale even deeper, 
holding for a moment at the top and then open the mouth and soften the jaw, exhale through the mouth. And let's do that two more times. So inhale through the nose. And exhale this time with a sigh. <sighs> Inhale. And exhale, letting out any sound that you want to let go of. <sighs> and then returning to the regular breath and allowing each exhale to take your body into a more and more relaxed state. Relaxing your face, your shoulders, and relaxing the belly. And then I invite you to place both palms over your heart. Let's take a moment to tune into our heart space. Sending your next breath into the chest. Notice it lifting with the inhale and falling with the exhale. And then see if you can actually find the beating of your heart. So perhaps you want to move your hands around to a place where you can actually feel your heart beating. No worries if you cannot find your heartbeat, that's completely normal. But just connecting the visuals of your heartbeat as well now. So seeing your heart pumping blood throughout your whole body and providing you with life. And then see if you can cultivate perhaps a sense of softness from this organ, from your heart space. And extending it across your chest. And then from the heart space, we're going to send one hand down to the womb. So laying your hand, your lower hand, over the womb space. And whether you have a physical womb or not, doesn't matter. You can still connect to the energetics of the womb space. And then with that lower hand, sending that sense of softness that you've cultivated around your heart into your womb. Noticing the temperature of your hand on your skin, perhaps directly on your skin underneath your clothes. And then see if you can bring relaxation to the muscles here in the pelvic floor. Bringing that sense of softness. Now from the womb into the ovaries. And therefore you can now also send your other hand down and place one hand over each ovary. And perhaps you're familiar with the um, yoni mudra, a downwards facing triangle where your thumbs are touching each other and your index fingers are touching each other. So you're kind of holding your womb space and your ovaries. And sending a sense of relaxation and softness into your ovaries as well. 
And then perhaps you notice your awareness drifting off. That's completely normal. And sometimes it can be a sign of not feeling safe, of being here present with your body. If that's the case, then perhaps you would like to open your eyes and bring your attention back to the anchor that you've identified earlier. You can also talk to yourself and affirm to yourself, I am safe. I am safe. My body is a safe place. Now you could keep your hands here if you want to, or you can choose to once again laying one hand over your womb space. And now the other hand can cup your vulva, so the outside of your vagina either directly onto your skin or over your clothes, whatever feels most comfortable for you. And then we'll extend this feeling of softness from the womb and the ovaries into the vagina and the vulva. So bringing that sense of softness from the hands now covering your whole yoni. And if the cupping of the vulva is too much, you could just keep both hands over the womb space instead. And let's just see if we can be present here with our whole yoni. Just holding her. Bringing loving awareness down into this sacred part of your body. And sending your next breath deeply down and perhaps letting out any sigh or any sound you want to release. <sighs> One more deep breath. And then when you feel ready, you can thank your yoni for any messages you may have received or just from being here present with yourself. So thanking yourself for being present with your yoni. And then releasing one hand, the one, the lower hand back to the heart. Connecting in with the heart space one more time. One more deep breath. And then gently releasing the hands. And when you feel ready, gently open your eyes again. Perhaps taking a look at your anchor again. And then let's return to the podcast thank you for allowing me to guide you mm, thank you so much for that that was absolutely delicious and I've done that practice with you before um but yeah that was just so beautiful and guys I definitely recommend that you um I don't know if you can star podcasts or add them to favorites but <laughs> definitely um do that because yeah amazing yeah. Oh, thank you so, so much for that. Um, yeah, I guess. Thank you for allowing me to do that. <laughs> well, it's just so beautiful to have an experience of this work, you know, it's because mm -hmm. it's, it is in just feel intangible. Um, yeah. So yeah, beautiful. So yeah, I guess let's wrap up because I'm sure now everyone is wanting to go into kind of Zen mode. Um, <laughs> yes. For, for those that, that have really felt a connection to you and they want to know more about your work, um, yeah, how can they find you? How can they get in touch with you? Easiest is through Instagram at Zara Leila under, underscore. Do you say that? Underscore? Yeah. 
English is not my first language. Um, or through my website, which is the same as zaraleila.com. Amazing. So, and we yeah, will... I would love to hear from you. If you have any yeah. questions, also reflections on what may have come up during that practice just now, um, just send them my way. And I'm here for any support and any questions. Amazing. And we'll make sure that we put a link to your Instagram and your website in the show notes so you can click on those. Zara, thank you so, so much for uh, joining us, for sharing your wisdom, for, yeah, for having this conversation with me. And um, I'll speak to you very, very soon. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into the Rise Priestess podcast. If this episode spoke to you, you can contribute greatly by sharing it to your Instagram stories. Make sure that you also tag me at Dr. Sarah Coxon so that I can personally reach out and thank you. And if you're not already a member of my Instagram community, you can pop over there now and join us. I keep it very real over there, sharing behind the scenes of my life and business to inspire you to live life and do business your own way. You can also apply to be a guest on the show by emailing sarah at Dr. Sarah Coxon with the subject podcast guest. You can also head over to my website. The link is in the show notes to find out more about how I can help you step into your unique priestesshood to unlock deep contribution and potent prosperity. See you next time.